Right, yes, people, we're back again with another Platinum episode. And today is a special one because we've got our first ever guest on the episode. So if you'd like to introduce yourselves. Yeah, um, I'm Seth. Um, obviously, I've been speaking to James for probably about a year or so before this yeah. now, haven't I? Yeah, easily. Um, over on Instagram. Um, basically, I'm an online coach, uh, similar to James, and also one-to-ones as well. And basically into bodybuilding um similar backgrounds in terms of you know like what we did where we came and then what we currently do now so yeah um and i'm 22 nearly 23 yeah, yeah that, that's why i love fitness so much because you can just meet like-minded individuals just by speaking to people on social media yeah all the time like yeah. the amount of people i've met, met just through Speaking on Instagram, um, I mean, it's like you just surround yourself with people who, like you said, like like-minded, and it yeah. just makes the experience so much better. Like it's like when social media has just that; it has so many negatives, but then if there's one major positive, it is that that you can meet so many people out of it. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just like a little like fitness hub community, which is yeah, why it's so good. Yeah, sick. Um, so if you want to um, tell the people about that, like, you're on prep at the moment for a competition. Because that's quite an interesting topic. Yeah, so I'm currently on prep for uh, my first ever show, which is a men's physique, uh, unfortunately, a natural show um, in on November the 7th with uh, two bros. Um, currently nine weeks out as of tomorrow, I believe. Um, started prep about 17 weeks out. So about eight weeks of dieting so yeah. far. Um Everything's pretty much been a breeze, uh, which is quite a surprise for first prep. Yeah, it seems um, like you're smashing it. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of, because I spoke to my current coach by for a while, I wanted to do it, and choosing this show was quite spontaneous, just because I wanted, originally I was going to do it uh, early next year, like February, yeah. March time, um, but there was nothing on at the time, and I couldn't really bother to wait that long, you know, because... I just wanted to get my first one out of the way, yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Um, so I kind of just spontaneously chose this one. Um, we worked out a plan then, like, and as well, like when it comes to actually looking at my plan, my, my, my foods are still high. My output, whilst it's fairly high, it's not to the point where I'm doing hours and hours of cardio, like you know, yeah. you see some people do. So it's, it's just manageable. Um, and so far, it's just it's pretty much just been a breeze. Um, really, I've only my, my sleep is amazing. My, Curry is amazing. Really, I've only just started to get hungry recently, and I'm, you know, that's eight and a half weeks in, so that's pretty normal on any yeah. dieting phase. But yeah, so looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be good to see the sort of end package that you bring to the table, and exciting to yeah. do your first show as well. It's something that I want to do yeah. eventually, but I don't think I'll do it anytime soon. So fair play to you. I think to be fair, I think it's one of them where you just have to, because like I've been saying, I wanted to do one for like probably a year. Yeah, and then I just kept putting it off like, oh, I need more, I need more size. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, like especially if, if I mean, if you are going to do like a natural show or or a first time show, you know, everyone's in the same position as yourself, so you kind of just have to bite the bullet and just go with it. Yeah, um, which is what I had to do. Um, so yeah, it's probably just one of them where one night you're probably feeling like actually I want to do it, and then you just book one yeah. and you're like shit. I've booked one now. Start panicking a bit, and getting nervous. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I think, to be fair, like the more weeks that have gone on, the, the, the more like the nerves start to go down. 
yeah. and the, the the actual excitement increases. Um, so yeah, definitely, man. Because um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's such a different kind of concept of doing in terms of like fitness. It's completely out of the ordinary, isn't it? Because I, I watch it's, quite quite a lot of things on YouTube. I don't know about you. You probably watch loads of people's prep yeah, series yeah, yeah, as yeah. well. It's such such like a cool thing to watch. I rate it a lot. Yeah, it's like the most extreme side to fitness, really. Yeah. Um, where it's it's pretty much like a baseline. The realist of it is you're testing how resilient you are. Yeah. Um, and you're testing how disciplined you can be because it's hard. Like it's very hard to do. Um, and it's just about managing everything around you. And it's one of them where you can't really go into it half arse. You have to. Yeah. If you're gonna do it, you have to commit. You know, what I mean, you can't have like. Whilst fitness, you know, that you and I preach and most people preach is about balance. If you're going into a prep phase, there's no space for balance because yeah. that's what you're doing. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of just, you know, that, that extreme that extreme level really, isn't it? Yeah, th- this links really well onto one of our topics that we're going to be speaking about, and that is going to be mindset. And I'd say to even be doing the show, you've got to have like a mental mindset and really want to progress and reach that goal of stepping on stage to being as lean as you can. Because it's not like it's not for the average person, is it? No, not at all. No, no. Like the, the average person that goes like pure gym or whatever, they will not do a show because you need that really bulletproof mindset. Yeah, it's it's just about um, finding a way to push through. And I think if you're if because for me, um, competing is something I've always had in the back of my mind that I've wanted to do, and <clears throat> I do have big goals when it comes to it. I do think I can get fairly you know far into it. Um, so for me it's basically testing the reason I kind of bought my first show was to test how, how much I enjoyed and test how, how yeah. resilient I could be because like you said most people haven't got the you know the actual mental side to, to come through the back of it and, and complete a prepping phase it's one of them where it where it is an extreme level yeah. of you know fitness per se um so yeah it's not it's not it's not for everyone and I don't really I wouldn't blame anyone for not wanting to do it because yeah. it's is a hard process. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even recommend it to the average person. To be fair, like it takes that sort of the elite kind of athlete to kind of step into the shoes to do a show because it's kind of quite an extreme thing, as you said. But it's very it's, it's rewarding. One of them that can, yeah, massively, and it's one of them that that, can, that you know, not many people will speak about it. You can have massive. You know, detrimental effect to your mental health um, yeah, when yeah, you come huge. out of it. Whether you know it's, I mean, most body, most bodybuilders have body dysmorphia anyway. But when, whether it's coming out of a phase where you are, you know, incredibly lean and then having to gain back body fat to be healthy again, and then looking at yourself and trying to imagine yourself with extra body fat, you know, compared to to, to what you had show day, and also, um, I think you know the major problem for a lot of people is is eating disorders straight after yeah. uh binge eating disorders um and it can go one of two ways you know you get a lot of people who uh just binge massively afterwards eat loads and then and then can't stop or, or you get the opposite where people don't want to because they don't want to add fat and think they look perfect um and they they can't see the healthy side so it's one of them where you have to sort of no, I'd say I'd say know the mental risks before going yeah. into it. Like, no, it is it is going to be hard. No matter what level you're at, whether you're at an amateur level, whether you're at like a higher up level, no matter. Um, but if it's your first show, especially, you need to sort of um, realize the effects it can have and, and manage them um, in a way. Yeah, that's so true. And you still got that 
sort of part yet to come once you finish your show don't you so that'll be a yeah, new yeah. kind of experience so i don't know about yeah, you yeah. um I, I did a sort of like a mini turbo cut where i kind of dropped my calories quite low well, I, I didn't recommend yeah. it to anyone but because i was going to a festival i dropped them quite low and then i was doing cardio every day 60 minutes and it was so difficult but the results paid off and then after the festival i could literally eat everything but i had to just hold back and just kind of slowly increase my carbs, which is what I'm doing at the moment. But, yeah, that's definitely yeah. the issue with most people. I've done, I think back in March, when I started with my coach I'm with at the moment, I did a, basically I wanted to go into like a, a form of off-season kind of phase. So I did like a, a literally a seven to eight week, uh, fairly aggressive court where I was doing, you know, 50, 50 55 minutes of cardio uh, pretty much daily. Um and then, but then coming out of the back of that, it is hard to to control, um, you know, the, the appetite you've had throughout the past eight weeks. Yeah, and so hard. Yeah, be able to, to 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 hold back. And and again, like it's not even about competing when you look at it. It's about anyone going into a cutting phase. You know, you have to kind of prove to yourself how resilient you can be coming out of that, and not you know go off the rails because literally for a lot of people that 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 work that you've done. I think this goes into competing as well. So say if you've done a prep for, you know, 16 weeks, yeah. I suppose a lot of people are just like, they, they prep for 16 weeks, everything goes into this, you know, they put everything into it. They do the show, they're on the stage for 10 minutes and that's it. And then yeah. all their work has just gone and it's it, it's a struggle to uh, to cope with it. And I think that's the same with a lot of people doing like um, mini cuts or, or, or cuts in general when you get to a stage of you really lean, a lot of people just think, you know, what now? Eat loads, put body fat back on, and then they're about to square one again. Yeah, people always think about the short term and not the long term at all, do they? Yeah, that, well, I mean, I'm sure you know, you know, coaching people, mm. you'll get a lot of people who say like, you know, I want to lose uh, so-and-so by, yeah. you know, I want to lose 10 kilos in the next six weeks or something. Yeah. And it's like, well, well, you could do that. Um, and it's possible, but as soon as you do that, you'll it's not sustainable. You eat those yeah. food, you'll put all the weight back on, and then you're about to square one again. Um, so I think it's about pre- preaching results that are sustainable um, in yeah. the long period of time where you're not gonna you know put the weight back on. Yeah, majority of people don't even understand that. Like when they when they see their favorite influences like shredded all year round, but they don't understand like half of the people in the fitness industry are on PEDs. And they won't be able to look like that just for their little summer holiday. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like what we were talking about earlier. Like, there's so many positives with social media, but there's mm. definitely negatives as well. I I've suffered from it massively in the past, um, and, and I think I had a massive blip a couple of weeks ago because I was just comparing myself to everyone online. Mm. And whereas I um obviously I'm, I'm still natural 100 percent because I said yeah. my first show is going to be natural. So and I'm comparing myself to people who who are on you know AIs, who are on ancillaries, who are yeah. um, using diuretics, and I think I, I was kind of struggling to, to come to terms with it. Um, so it, yeah, it goes back to the negatives. Like you're always, especially in, in this industry, you're always going to compare yourself to others, which is um, one of the worst things you can do because yeah. you know. As cringe as it sounds, you should only can compare, you know, yourself to yourself. Like, have you progressed in the last year? Yeah. Well, that's no, that's, that's what, what the matter is. Yeah, it's so easy yeah, yeah, yeah. to fall down yeah. the rabbit hole, isn't it? Like, so easy to dip down to that Instagram rabbit hole, and then you just yeah, it just doesn't doesn't help you at all. At all, massively. Like yeah. that's why 
um, obviously when I made a new Instagram account, that's literally why I did it because I fell down that that hole of, of, of you know, craving um, followers, craving engagement, and I just couldn't be asked with it anymore. So I just basically sacked it off because I just, you know, I was letting social media affect, affect my mental health, which yeah. is just stupid. Um, and then when you sort of take a step back and think about what you're actually stressing about, it's literally numbers on a screen. Yes. Um, so relevant, so, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> massively yeah. Yeah, yeah do you feel like that was one of the best decisions you made in terms of your social media yeah 100 like because i actually enjoy it now because if if you looked like I, my, my old account's still up there and i look at my posts and i just think oh it's so cringe like yeah because I, I i kind of just i literally just focus on me now so the only reason i use instagram now is to post um you know maybe some of it's informative if, as much as i can and then most of it's just my own personal progress and before i was just posting stuff that i thought would like you know bang or would yeah do really well like like let's be fair most people on social media like the amount of crap that you see it's just ridiculous so i kind of just took a step back and all i post now is things that i want to post and things that you know make me happy yeah and i think as well like, i just enjoy it because i follow i follow people everyone i follow is people whose content i actually want to see and whose progression I actually care about. Like, I'm not being mean, but most of the people that, you know, that I followed before, I, I couldn't care less about. Yeah, that's the um, same as me. Yeah, and it's just about, like, you know, people that I follow to unfollow and all that. So, yeah, my, massive decision. Like, I I, um, I spoke to a few people after I did it, and a few other people have done it, have done it too, and they said that, you know, it, it had a really positive impact on them as well. Yeah, yeah, that's something that I do at the moment now. I don't follow like anyone and everyone back because I literally don't care about followers, to be honest. Because it's such oh, yeah, an exactly. yeah, it's yeah. such an unhealthy thing. Just our oh, follow for a follow. When, when you get a DM, please can you support my content? Like I, yeah. I may I will support it if it's good, but I'm not just gonna follow you back for the sake of it. That, yeah, that, those yeah. DMs really do my head in sometimes. Yeah, it's so annoying. <laughs> like, I used to get so many even like asking for shout outs as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. But yeah, like it's one of them where you just have to kind of see social media for for, for what it is, and then and then run with it. Because if you don't post what what you you know what you enjoy, you, you're just gonna feel like shit. Aren't yeah, you, really? yeah, so, and you're just gonna burn yourself out, like just posting what other people yeah. other people want and what you think's gonna bang. And at the end of the day, when you post something that's gonna bang, when it doesn't bang, you get so annoyed and it affects you in such a negative way. Just yeah, not... which is ridiculous. Like when you think yeah. about it, it's so stupid. And uh, all it is is like some content you're posting on a phone for half of people that you don't even know. Like that's literally all yes, it is. For like, for like a like. Like, yeah. is that going to have any monetary value? No. Like, is it going to have any value on any of your businesses? No. Like, do you really care about, about these people? No. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it just nothing matters. Um, something you know a lot of people need to need to realize, and definitely I did as well. Like, I'm not having to go at others and saying, you know, it's stupid. Like, I went through the exact same thing. Um, but, you know, come out the, the better side, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, also, your, your, like, engagement nowadays is so good on most of your posts. Even though you have less followers, like, the engagement is so much better. What it looks like that. Yeah, I think it's purely down to the fact that, like like, like I said, like, I speak to, obviously, not all my followers, that'd be mm. ridiculous, but I speak to a lot of them now, and it's people whose, you know, input I care about, who's... Um, opinions and values I care about who have similar values to me so mm. it's, it's just about like if you actually don't if you don't care about your engagement realistically you probably have better engagement do you know what I mean like yeah 
And it's just about like speaking to people really and, and interacting with loads of people. Definitely. Yeah, that's the way it should be used though. Like that's how we speak. We speak to loads of similar people as well and just the little community that all sort of supports each other. Yeah, it's just it's just positive, man. Like I can't explain like so I well, basically I checked in yesterday um with my coach and I felt like absolute shit. Yeah. Like I just, just didn't like the look of myself at all. And I, you know, I put that photo up, and I get loads of messages. I get loads of, you know, comments about it. It does. It genuinely does make you feel a lot better that people are kind of supporting you. And I've had so many messages about it and stuff, and and, and people go out their way when they don't have to. So I just think, you know, social media is it, what you make it, and it can be a, a really, you know, positive thing at the same time. Yeah, hundred percent. That's so good. Okay, so a little question I'll ask. Um, what is a few things you do to keep your mindset in check, especially whilst you're on prep? Um, keeping busy as much as yeah. possible. Um, so I have, I mean, it's good that I have like step, you know, step counts and stuff now because I, I just, I walk a lot, which really frees my mind. Um, like yourself, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Um, it's, it's mainly for me and, and this goes for you know prep and not prep like I just because I've had you know major issues with my mental health in the past it's just about me you know keeping it as busy as I possibly can mm-hmm. um, so whether that's um, with my girlfriend or with just walking my dog or you know yeah. fucking going to the gym um, so for me it's just about keeping busy being productive and doing something that I wanted to do because you know I've had uh, jobs in the past where I you know worked in marketing and I was working you know 50 odd hours a week um, yeah. and whereas you know the money was good like was I really happy no I hated it um and now I you know work for myself per se and yeah I just enjoy it so much more so I think it's about in terms of mindset finding something you actually want to do like and 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 keeping as busy as possible and surrounding yourself with, with like-minded people yeah, it's kind of like doing the basic things that help so much as well. As you said, like just going for the gym, going for walks, listening to yeah, podcasts. I, f- I really think podcasts and like reading is such a game changer, which is something that I do a lot at the moment. I've been trying to read more books as I feel like obviously knowledge is power. And, and the more knowledge you can absorb, the better your mindset can get. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's all like when it comes back to, to, to coaching and things like that, um you're never gonna have you, you can never have enough knowledge in terms yeah. of you know fitness and like as much as pt courses are good they're not they're, yeah they're, they're, like, not. they're just the the actual <laughs> knowledge like the only reason anyone really does a pt course is purely to get the qualification yeah you learn everything on the job and i think you know most of it is just pure experience and, and actually going out your way to, to, to learn new things. Yeah. Like I've started reading a lot of um, like studies now and stuff like that. Yeah, I've seen on your stories, um, they look pretty interesting. Yeah, well, I started a, um, there's a PDF, I'll send it you actually. It's, mm. it's, it's probably the best thing I've ever bought. It's um, by a guy called Scott Stevenson in the um, is it old uh, IFBB Pro Bodybuilder. And he wrote a book and it's literally just called how to be your own bodybuilding coach. Um, it's like 475 pages of PDF. Yeah. 
And it's basically goes through every single thing, like nutrition, training, uh, post prep, like prep, off season, whatever. And I think it cost me like 40 quid and it's 475 pages of just pure knowledge. It's That's a, crazy. Like, yeah, it's probably the best 40 pound I've ever spent. Um, so yeah, it, just reading things like that just, you know, massively helps you in, in your knowledge. Yeah, it's always having that sort of growth mindset, which is key because you can always be better at doing your job, etc. especially as a coach. Because I've, I've seen a lot of PTs that need a PT themselves, really. But <laughs> there's a fair few PTs that have literally just got that PT course and then they have they had no experience, no nothing. And I don't know how they do it really, to be honest. Well, I think that's that's you know the, the main issue I have with, with with PT in per se is is you know anyone realistically anyone could pass a PT course. Yeah, like, easy. Um it's like school in a way. You you kind of just practicing for for an exam, aren't you? Yeah. Um and then passing the exam and then realistically going to it with, you know, no knowledge. And, and especially in commercial gyms, the amount of time you go to a commercial gym and you see PTs, like, showing clients how to do certain things, I was like, that is yeah. so wrong. Yeah, and then, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, so I think a lot of people just have to take a step back and, and, and go out, out their way to actually, you know, improve their knowledge instead of just basing it off a course and stuff like yeah. that. No, that is what kind of separates an average coach from an elite coach someone that actually goes yeah, out of their exactly. way and actually cares about their clients' results. Because obviously some coaches, they just do it for the money, but then definitely like you and me, we care about the results. We want them to feel happy about their training. We want them to enjoy the process, which is the main thing we try to preach to our clients. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, you know, like you said yourself, like <clears throat> if you were doing a um, a full-time job whatever it might be realistically you probably earn more from that than coaching because yeah. you know we are we are in early days um but would i rather do this for you know half the money i could earn elsewhere yeah definitely just just purely for the fact of not only are you making money from something that you really enjoy but you're actually helping put a positive change on people's lives yeah. which is just it's a really good feeling, do you know what I mean, when, when you are doing that for people, um, definitely. Yeah, like I've seen on your stories when you get the messages of people, like, saying thank you for all, the, all these little positive things and client wins. They're literally the best feeling ever. Like, when you yeah, get a client, client win, it's unreal. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing, especially when, you know, they, they've struggled with, with things in the past. Um, it's, it's, really, it's a really good feeling, definitely. Yeah, 100%. Right, should we speak about routine now, which is kind of going to be the next kind of topic? So I kind of say routine is is the next most important thing because if you don't have a solid routine, you won't be able to achieve that kind of your, your goals that you want. And I think the most important thing is your morning routine, whether how simple or elaborate it is. As long as you have one in place, it just helps you so much. Yeah, I have the I do the exact same thing every morning. Yeah, same. Like I, I find it really helped my sleep as well. When I was like, I go to bed at pretty much the same time, mm. <clears throat> and I wake up at pretty much the same time. It's the same thing. So I, I, you know, I get up, do everything I need to do, or fucking, you know, check in, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then I, well, for me, I always go to gym in AM. Always like first thing in the morning, like after my first meal. I know yeah. most people are opposite. Um. So I, yeah, I think it's about. It comes back to you know, especially with mornings. It comes back to sleep for me. Um, sleep is so, so underrated. It's so underrated. It, yeah, it's, it's so ridiculous. important. Like it's the you know it's the most important thing in terms of in terms of progression. Mm. And, and as well as that, if you're 
going to sleep at you know different times every night, if you're waking up at different times every morning, it is going to impact your routine because it is going to make you maybe not by your own doing, but it, it might make you lazier in terms of actually achieving goals. So I think it's important to, to have a, a set routine in place just to keep your mind busy and, and to tell you what, what you're going to do that next day. I mean, I don't know what, you know, what, what what's your like, what's your routine at the moment, my what? So my routine is kind of wake up around sort of 7.30ish. I'll always go have a shower, usually most days, and then I eat straight away. And then often I read in the mornings because I feel sometimes if I leave it late till night, I just end, don't end up doing it. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I yeah. feel like you need to put like something that you want to do. You need to make that at the start of your day. And then I do tend to gym in the mornings, but it depends if I'm training with a friend. Like say lots of them, they work during the day. So I'm quite lucky I have that free time. So sometimes I yeah, do in the evening. Yeah, but if I can, I try to go in the mornings because... Obviously, it's less less busy and it's just so much better. But I just yeah, have more energy yeah. in the morning. Yeah, prefer. yeah, fully. I, I prefer training in the mornings. Um, but yeah, it, I, I mean, like you said, so I what I do every morning is so I walk to the gym. Obviously, get my steps and stuff. Mm. Every single morning, I walk to the gym. I listen to a podcast on the way there, yeah. and then finish it on cardio or something. And I just find if I'm listening to a different podcast every single day, you know, things are going to get put in my head. Your knowledge is just going to keep improving. And also, I, I actually enjoy podcasts. I really podcasts enjoy are so good. I literally yeah, recommend yeah. them to everyone and anyone. Yeah, especially if you're listening to podcasts where not only you enjoy them but also have some educational value to them. Yeah. Like you literally. It's the, it's the most perfect thing. Um, so, yeah, morning routine is definitely, you know, important in, in terms of basically, like like you said, I think a lot of people, I used to do this as well, if they leave something that they don't, like, that they want to do that day, if they leave yeah. it until the afternoon and night, they'll just sack it off because they'll be tired or whatever. Yeah, fully. So, like, I'll always do check-ins in the morning if I've got clients or uni work or, you know, whatever I've got to do that day um and then you know podcasts and stuff and then by by the afternoon i'll probably have some free time where i can just do watch a film watch a show yeah. whatever um so yeah it's about just getting getting things done and early so you, you know you have a really good start start to your day yeah it's kind of like your morning routine um kind of how that goes how the rest of the day is going to play out because when i was at uni i always had to make sure that i do at least like an hour or two of dissertation work in the mornings or it was just not getting done. Like it was simple yeah. as that. Because yeah. that so was that's the, yeah. that's the main thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot of students are the same, aren't they? Like it's especially when you're on like dissertations and stuff like that. If you're not gonna, if you don't do it in the morning, you're not gonna yeah. do it because yeah, you'll just sort of psych up and think, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I think it's just about you know, making sure everything's done in the morning, and so then if you know you, you can have that free time later, and you got free time if you do need to do anything else, anything like that. Yeah, especially like at uni you always get people asking you to do something in the evenings maybe go out go to the gym or just do something so there's so many distractions and usually the morning it's where most people being their most productive so that's yeah, when it's that's, that's uh, time yeah. to get work done definitely yeah definitely yeah sweet um right should we just ask some of the questions now that we got yeah sounds yeah. um do you want to go first or me yeah so we, we put a story up yesterday and got some questions from our followers. So we've kind of like picked the best few and we're going to ask them to each other. So my first one is, when was your biggest mindset shift? Good one. Yeah. Um, for me, it was 
when I started training consistently. So actually the biggest mindset shift for me was lockdown one. Um, I was training consistently for like six months before that, but I think, so I got made redundant lockdown one mm. and I, I gained so much weight. I got to a point where I was just unhappy about everything and everyone going right. Um, and that's when I started my sort of, you know, fitness journey as it were yeah. lost loads of weight you know decided that i wanted to you know do some uh, pt stuff you know get get online doing online coaching um and, and compete so i'd say for me lockdown one had a you know a massive impact on me it was yeah. it was a massive blessing in disguise for me to be honest what about you yeah it's weird you say that because i literally had the same sort of thing so i was doing my placement in Surrey and then COVID came about lockdown I got I got laid off from my job because they couldn't afford to pay me and then I was stuck in a six months um tenancy for this flat in Surrey that I had to pay for and then yeah. I just kind of got in like and such a negative mindset I was like oh I don't know what I'm gonna do I'm absolutely screwed and then that is yeah. where in lockdown where I started platinum and I thought I need to start putting myself first what am I going to do with my life and what do I actually enjoy so that was kind of a blessing because I started platinum in that time. I started training consistently, even in lockdown. And ever since then, it's just everything's got so much better. But I feel yeah, like you kind of you kind of have to go through something to get out to the next side, don't you? And it kind of makes you yeah, stronger. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like to you know to come out the other side and go through something negative and actually um, spin it off and put it into something positive. You have mm. to give yourself massive credit for that as well. Um, it's like another thing where where you know you change your mindset's going to come from you so you need to start giving you know as much as you know you you're hard on yourself when you do something wrong start yeah. giving yourself more credit when when you are doing something positive uh you know by putting yourself first so yeah definitely um similar to myself and yeah yeah and when i started getting people message me saying oh this is such a good idea you're helping people that is when i knew that mindset shift was like it was the right decision and definitely is going to pay off hopefully yeah, 100 yeah. percent Right. Shall I do one of mine? Yeah. So, uh okay, I'll just go in order. So yeah. this one's a little bit it's nothing to do with mine, so it's what supplements would you consider essential relative to your needs? So as in for yourself or myself or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'd definitely say the most underrated supplement is probably creatine. And what else do I take? So I take creatine, protein powder, and then I'd say they're they're the most important too, to be honest. I see, but would you say protein powder is not essential? Is no, it? it's not like no, but it just makes everything so much easier to get your protein intake in because so many people struggle with it. Yeah, but yeah. as you said, I wouldn't really say it's essential. Obviously, it's better getting it from wholesome foods. But um, what else is essential? probably i wouldn't really say like multivitamins and all that kind of stuff is essential so it well it, it's relative as well because so i for me i wouldn't say multivitamins are essential however you know for some people who who you know some people don't like eating best yeah yeah I, I'd, I'd fully say that the greens powder for me is essential because i struggle to eat enough vegetables yeah for me i don't have it anymore because i eat yeah. so much vegetables so yeah. i don't need it like yeah. um so are they your are they your main two? Would you say? Yeah, definitely. Um, right. So for me, uh, obviously creatine, 
um, as it should be with with everyone, pretty much. Um, probably uh, some sort of fish oil because I, I don't eat fish. I like fish, but it's not in my plan. So, yeah. um, for you know, for heart function and brain cognitivity, um, and probably ashwagandha for me. Yeah, actually. yeah, I take I that quite regularly a, as well. It does help quite. I a lot. get really, really bad anxiety and stress sometimes and i find it really helps me take that before bed uh chills me out makes me feel good um i feel like it helps sleep yeah. so much as well it's proper help yeah, my really sleep does. really does um so i'd say yeah they're, they're kind of the main three but then it's all about assessing what you need so you know do you eat um you know do you eat enough citrusy fruit no yeah. or vitamin c uh do you eat vegetables no maybe have greens you know if you don't eat green veg uh, do you eat fish? No, have an omega three. Um, yeah. It's just by assessing, you know, what you need. There's no, the only supplement I'd say is everyone should be taking it in, in terms of you know lifting. Um, it's probably creatine, yeah. just because there's no reason not to when it has so many studies just proven to yeah, to show that it it it, it works. Um, I'd say that's pretty much the only one that you actually you know need anyway. Yeah, definitely all the others. It depends. You need to analyse your diet, etc., and whatever works for you. Like, you don't want to just take something because an influence is taking it, which is what half yeah. of the people do. Like, they just see, oh, they're taking all this. Maybe I'll do it, and then I'll look like them. But that's not the case. I mean, you know, like, for myself, like, I probably... I mean, how many... What What do you currently, like, use? So, if you go through yours... So, I take omega-3, ashwagandhas, a multivitamin... Uh, creatine and did I say ashwagandha? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free yeah. workout and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I take pre workout, but I don't often use it. I've been using it more recently, actually, but I didn't used to use it all the time. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's about in terms of like if you spin it off and say, you know, would you recommend there's loads yeah. in terms of like essential, maybe one. Yeah, right? I mean, if we, you know, spin it back and say, for for assisted users um you got to look at stuff like kidney support uh yeah. you know uh cognitive support heart support but then for, for, for people who just lift as a lifestyle natural lifters the only one i'd really say is essential is probably mm. creatine just because yeah. of the proven effects definitely and it depends like how much money you have to spare as well to spend. Yeah, so, so, exactly. Some of these, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so these supplements are really expensive. expensive. Yeah. Like you're spending, like, especially if you get, you know, I mean, I, I bought some, uh, last night I bought some, um, have you heard of the company HR Labs? Yeah, yeah. They do the D. I I bought some um, fat burners from them. Just uh, if you don't know what they sell, if you don't know what fat burners do, they basically raise your metabolic rate. So they raise your body temperature, meaning that you sweat more, meaning that you lose more water. Um, I mean, you actually, obviously, the, the high caffeine content have a lot more energy. Yeah. So they're really good in a dieting phase. Um, just to clarify, do they burn fat? No. <laughs> like, nothing burns fat. <laughs> you so have to be in a calorie way. deficit for that, but they're just kind of yeah. like a tool you can use, aren't they? <clears throat> yeah, it's that nowhere near essential. But, like, <laughs> I'm not basically promoting these, but the reason I'm saying it is they were 45 quid yeah. for, like, 50 capsules or whatever. Like, and, like, you know, if you look at EAA, it's about 30 quid. Pre-workout, about 30 quid, 25 quid. So it's just about analysing what your budget is and don't just buy something because, you know, Mike Thurston uses it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's pointless. Um, so I think you just need to look at, assess your diet, think about what you need and think about what you, you know, 
maybe don't need as well. Yeah. And and if you don't understand what you're taking, like why are you taking it? Like realistically, if you're taking a supplement, you need to be doing research and understanding what it's going to benefit you and why you're taking it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Do you want to get one of yours? Yeah. So my second one is number one tip for teenagers trying to stay consistent in the gym and with diet whilst having a social life. That's quite a good question. Number one tip. The, the first thing I'd say if you're a teenager mm. is to not worry probably about things like uh, tracking foods, yeah. um, worrying too much about what you're eating, um, because it, you know, especially when you when you are younger, you can go cut you know down a rabbit hole of yeah. of worrying yourself too much about uh, stuff that you don't really need to worry about. Um, you know, the main thing I'd say is, is find a routine. So maybe you want to go gym with your mate, let's say four times a week, something like that. Um, make sure, you know, you, you stick to certain days, stick to certain times, just so you know where you're going to go. Um, in terms of going out, it's, it's not really, it depends on your goals. It depends yeah. on whether, you know, it's one of them things where I, I have to, I'd have to have a little bit more context um, because maybe, you know, if you want to lose weight, but you're going out twice a week, it's probably about damage limitation, if anything. Um, however, that doesn't mean you can't go out and have a, you know, have a drink, have a good time, have a, you know, pizza, whatever. Um, I mean, what would you say is like the number one thing? I'd kind of say my biggest tip is for everything in moderation. So in terms yeah, that's it. Yeah, balance. Yeah, yeah. In, in terms of going out, like you can you can do it and still progress in the gym, but you need to have that right balance and prepare for that night out if that makes sense. So say if your goal is put some let's put some content in this. Um so say if your goal is to lose some weight and you still want to go out on one day a week. So you need to make sure you're in a calorie deficit for the whole week and not just not that day, if that makes sense. So say if you're going out yeah, on, the Saturday, yeah. on the Saturday. Maybe just do some extra cardio the Friday, and then that will basically pay for your extra drinks and the calories you're going to be having. And then you can just make it work. It's all about having that routine in place and that structure to plan for this yeah, kind of thing. And maybe just like it's about substituting, substituting, you know, drink choices as well, yeah. things like that. Where you know, if you're drinking pint after pint like i used to mm. probably not the best idea if looking to, to be in a deficit over a long period of time or cocktails so maybe just substitute it out for like i don't know just an example like diet lemonade and gin uh, or yeah. some shit like that i don't know but um it's just about finding those you know the examples where realistically if you wanted to you you know say if you're a student you can go out twice a week enjoy yourself um and still be in being a deficit and still have that balance um it's just about managing it um managing damage limitation that you're giving yourself but also giving yourself a break you don't need to be on a constant diet you don't need to be doing hours of cardio like i was you know i was um losing weight just to give you an example i was um on a weight loss you know, journey per se um from may 2020 to september to like late september 2020 and i you know went out a fair few times when 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 um, pubs opened back up here, um, I had a fair few like off yeah. meals, takeaways and stuff. But I still managed to lose like I don't know, it's like twenty odd kilos, something like that. So it's it's one of them where you just have to assess things and and just you know make sure you're you're limiting the damage as much as possible. But 
Yeah, yeah. And in terms of students on the flip side, maybe this question might not be about drinking. Um, say if it's about like going out with your friends and you're trying to bulk, um, this is where you need to make sure you plan your meals and just have them ready for, say you're going out to play football for the whole day. You need to make sure you have sufficient food and snacks for that goal and just kind of plan what you're going to do and whatever your fitness goal is. Because then the more time you're planning for it, the, the easier it is to stay consistent. Yeah, it's just about like you know it comes back to like what we were saying earlier, just having that routine. Because you know, realist, I think it's um, if you do some of this, you know, similar time every day, it takes twenty one days to build a habit. Yeah. So if you're doing something, you know, consistently at similar times, you know, whether it's preparing you, you know, the, your food the night before the morning, you're gonna keep doing it. It's gonna become a routine, and then it will just become a part of your life where you just work everything else around it. Yeah, exactly. I'd say that's pretty good advice. Yeah. Um, Right, so the next one I have is, so is lifting heavy important for building muscle? You can no. go first if you want. I would say. I, I, really? I, I wouldn't say, I, you don't have to lift heavy to build muscle. So, but, right, so it comes back to a point of heavy is all relative and all subjective to yourself. Yeah. So, whereas you don't have to lift heavy, what you have to do is make sure that your sets are hard, mm. that the weight is you know fairly heavy for you, and that you are managing to. Um, obviously, you're not you're not going to progress each week, so you're not going to you know we talk about progressive overload all the time. You're not going to be able to up your you know your weight each week. Otherwise, you know yeah. you'll be breaking world records in like a few years. But it's about over time being able to increase your lifts by you know adding extra effort each week um so i'd say you know the question lifting heavy uh no but it is subjective so if you're lifting you, you want it to be harder every yeah. you want it yeah. you want it you want to be pushing yourself and, and creating extra stimulus you know f- for you to add extra muscle tissue um so it's quite a hard one to answer because it's like lifting heavy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we both think like, you know, when you hear lifting heavy, the like, you know, deadlifting. Yeah, big like PRs and stuff. But I'd kind of say, yeah, yeah. If, if your goal is hypertrophy, which obviously is building muscle, you don't necessarily have to lift heavy. You have to make sure, say if you're logging all your workouts, that you're progressing in either way. You're progressing in weight, whether that's little or a lot, it doesn't matter. You're progressing in rep ranges. And you're just like you're just increasing your your fitness lifts and all that kind of stuff over yeah, over over, over well, a certain amount of time. I think as well, um, there's so many different forms of progressive overload. Yeah. And one that a lot of people forget to mention is, um, you know, say you can progress things like it doesn't have to be that you can progress things like you know your range of motion as well. Yeah. Um, anything that's going to add that extra stimulus in order for you to grow, you know, is perfect. So. Is lifting heavy and poor building muscle? No. However, you need to be, you know, training harder yeah. each session and, and building yourself up. So that's pretty much the answer, yeah. really. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Yeah, do you want to do one of yours? Yeah, um, this is my last one. But um, the best piece of advice you would give someone, and that can be fitness, mindset, anything. Um, best piece. I'd, I'd probably say just um, simply just don't worry about you know what other people think um 
is, is the best piece of advice I can give someone uh, purely. You know, when people say, I mean, I had a conversation with someone with a client a few weeks back, and he basically said like that. So I, I get a lot of my clients to record things at the gym and yeah. stuff like that, so I can assess form and stuff. And he basically said that he's embarrassed of, of recording in the gym. And I, I basically just said to him, like, do you know anybody there? No. Do you care about what they think you know? Do you care about them? No. Are they adding any value to your life? No. Well, there you go. This, I think, you know, the main thing people struggle with, and I, I still struggle with a lot now, is just worrying too much about people they don't care about, um, what, what you know, what they think of them. So main advice for me is just, to, to, you know, basically just to not care yeah. what others think if you have, if they hold no value in your life, really. Yeah, that's good advice. Basically, don't let external things affect you. Um, yeah. I would say my best advice is probably do what makes you happy and make sure you're putting yourself first because at the end of the day, life is so short. If you're not doing something that's making you happy, then what's the point? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I've got, I've just got a couple more, uh, let's go through them. So this is a bit of a different one. You can only eat yeah. one protein source and one carb source for the rest of your life. What is it? Um, I reckon it'd be chicken wraps. No, you can't wait. Well, you want, so what like the carb source would be the wrap and the protein source would be the chicken. Really? Yeah. That's poor. That's poor. Uh, I, 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 li- that. I literally love chicken wraps. That's literally all I eat. No, I, I think... Or I if, not, own... if not the wraps, it'd be a bagel. I was going to say a bagel. Yeah, like anything on a bagel. <laughs> I li- yeah. yeah. My bagels are right. I think, um, for me, turkey... Mm. I, turkey breast and a bagel I'd say would be probably the best just because bagels can go with anything like yeah. you know, savoury sweet bagels are just amazing yeah bagels like, are, they are so they are so versatile aren't they like literally you can put whatever you like on them at all this is quite an interesting question actually um, something to touch on uh, from my mate who asked this um, do you change up your clients programs every few months and why would you need to do it and yeah, that's a good question to be fair. Um, and I change them if so. There's a certain reason why I'd be changing them. If, if they're not progressing, if they're getting used to all the exercises and all the workouts, or sometimes a few clients ask that they just want they get bored of the workouts and they want a sort of different mix-up style. But I wouldn't say I don't change them all the time because if you change them too much it's kind of they're not getting used to the workout routine and they can't progress if they're only doing it for two weeks. Yeah, I think um, you have to look at a lot of factors with this. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, you know, like when you said that a lot of clients get bored of it and stuff, mm. it, it depends what sort of client I'm looking at. Yeah. So maybe it's just, maybe this client's just a lifestyle client who wants to lose a bit of weight. Yeah. If they, you know, get bored of exercise or they can't activate themselves with an exercise, then yeah, we'll switch it out. However, if I have a client who, you know, is putting, looking to put on, you know, these muscle tissue or has, or has plans to compete in a few years or whatever, um, I think when I'd start looking at changing in changing programs or changing exercise selection is when, so if they, say if they come to me and they say, oh, I've plateaued on, I don't know, 
incline yeah. uh, plate loaded press or something. If they say that to me, I'll basically assess everything. So you plateaued. Um, because plateauing on weights is so normal, everyone. Yeah. That would either be a sign for me that they need to deload. So we might get them on deload for, you know, a week or two. It would either be a sign that they're not performing the movement as efficiently as they could, which is where I would get them to send me a video or yeah. something like that. And then if we've gone for everything and they're still performing the movement, you know, they're still, uh, they've deloaded, they've come back to it and they're just not getting on with movement and not activated anymore um and they're trying you know the best over a period of time then that would be sort of the time i'd look to change um exercise selection uh programming and then and then just assess what you know what because i think yeah as well you have to assess what works for a client yeah. and what doesn't everyone's everyone's biomechanically built differently yeah. yeah so whereas you know <clears throat> you might you know get a better contraction on a seated leg curl. I might get one on a prone leg curl. Yeah. You might do, you know, RDLs with dumbbells. I might do the barbell. It's about seeing what works for you. It, it's and then of, as yeah. well, what's sustainable over a long period of time and what, what they can continue to progress on, really. Yeah, it's all um, like personal so, yeah. preference down to the client as well because that's why it's so important doing a, like a client kind of screening to see what their favourite exercises are, see what they don't get on with ask reasons why and obviously so important getting them to record exercise in the gym because that is where you find out most of the problems yeah i mean it's, it's harder to be um online coach like i train with if i have clients who live in sheffield i train with them like i'm training with a few this weekend um and then basically go for everything in person and have a, just have a session with them because you, know, you want you want your clients yeah. to be your mates at the same yeah, time yeah. So it's nice um but if you yeah, you know, when you are an online coach, you want to be seeing clients' videos and stuff because you can't really assess something by them just telling you. You have to actually physically see them do it, yeah. so you can see maybe some areas they might be, you know, going wrong and stuff like that. Um, so it's just about assessing everything, and then worst comes to worst, yes, you know, change the movement and then find a suitable, you know, alternative. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, that's a very good question. Um, yeah, I think. To be fair, that's pretty much you know the best ones I've had of you. Yeah, yeah, that's basically all of mine now. Um, so we basically wrap it up there. I feel like we've spoken for quite a while. Yeah, sound. Yeah, well, I appreciate you for coming on. We've had a really good chat, and if you want to plug your Instagram so you can get all the people to follow you. What it is, I think. Yeah, Instagram is Seth M for roast. Um, also, yeah, inquire for coaching. Yeah, so yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's been it's been good, mate. Uh, I quite I, I just enjoy doing these, just having a chat and stuff. And yeah, people. same. Podcasts are so good. So I appreciate anyone that's listening and any support. If you got this far, drop it either us a DM and let us know what you thought of the episode. Perfect. Sound all right in a bit, mate.